Hey, this is Dan, just dropping you a quick line before you start this episode to let you know a couple of things. What you're about to listen to is one of the classic best of episodes of Assorted Goods in its older format. And by older format, I mean the sandbox and completely disorganized style that Assorted Goods was for its first few years of existence. Now, since then, the feed has been cleaned up and there's 12 of these classic episodes. And you should know, if you're a new listener, that these episodes are not really what the show is now. But they're still good and they're still worth listening to. But just be warned that if you're looking to get into assorted goods as it is now, that you probably want to go to the latest episode in your feed. Start listening from there. Throughout the episode, you might hear certain things get mentioned, like the website or the social media. Now, those have changed. So don't go chasing those websites or links after the episode. Go to these ones instead. The website has now disinformed.ca, CA for, you know, Canadians like me. And that's where you can find all the assorted good stuff that is mentioned in these episodes. You can find the source lists and additional information. They have all moved to there. In terms of emailing, you can email me now with the new email, dan at disinformed.ca. And if you want to follow on social media, Twitter and Instagram, the new handles are at disinformeddan. And hey, look, all three of those are kind of similar with each other, creating some sort of uh, continuity. People tell me that's important. But anyways, whether you're a new listener or a returning listener, I hope you enjoy this classic episode of Assorted Goods. And then I hope you subscribe to the show and come along for the ride with the new episodes as well. And as always, thank you for listening and enjoy. I really need to record this episode. Let's start it now. No. Well, I don't know. No, I gotta vacuum my whole apartment. Yeah, alphabetize my bookshelf. I don't know. I'm gonna watch that football game tonight. I'll start tomorrow. I still got time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I still got time. I'll, I'll start it later. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. It's no secret if you listen to this show that one of my worst qualities as a podcaster is my ability to consistently get the work done of you know, actually making the show. Now, I've got reasons that hold up, sometimes, other obligations, other interests, or maybe I just feel like being lazy that day. But if I'm being honest, something I want to do more of, it really boils down to a simple idea, something I think most people can relate to at one time or another in their life. And I'm going to tell you, I should tell you, I don't know, Maybe I'll tell you next episode. Again, I've got all this stuff to do. Like, this microphone needs to be cleaned. Jeez, just look at this thing. All the icons on my computer need to be alphabetized. Shit. What was I doing? Right, yeah, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, the podcast. The problem is procrastination. No doubt you've had this problem before, too, and it's a word that gets tossed around a lot. We have the time to do stuff. Stuff that we should be doing, but... Come on, you know how it is. Connecting the knowledge of a task and actually doing it, they're completely different things. And there's all these variations on it, differing degrees of mental gymnastics, all in an effort to avoid just sitting down and doing something that is productive, something we know is productive, that hell, even things we want to do because we know they're productive. But nevertheless, we find ways to put it all off until later. So why is that? Why do we procrastinate? What does it mean? 
this episode, we simply cannot put off finding this answer any longer. Even though I put off finishing the episode for weeks. But, aha, now it's done. See? I was never in doubt. Figuring out procrastination. Coming up in this episode of Assorted Goods. Hey, welcome to Assorted Goods. I'm Dan, your host. Thanks for joining me while we dive into another topic from our experience of life here on Earth. I hope you're all doing well out there, staying safe and healthy and sanitized and distanced and all that good stuff. And since I was tired of struggling to think up another topic to dive into for an episode, I decided to pick something that was directly related to my own damn problems. So, since this episode comes out after a new year and it's resolution season, I figured it was a good idea for us to get to know and figure out the whole idea of procrastination. Really, how it actually affects us. Oh, and I should mention that I'm not alone here today. In the efforts of actually learning something, I've brought some serious help to this episode. Everybody procrastinates, but not everyone's a procrastinator. That is my guest for the episode, Dr. Joseph Ferrari who must have lost a bet or something or made some sort of mistake to end up on this podcast. But he's here to lend some serious expertise on this topic. Hey, seriously, we might actually learn something that sticks this episode, eh? I know, right, more than you bargained for. Now, real quick, I've been lucky this year to be invited to be a guest on a bunch of podcasts this year. Too many to count. But if you go to assortedgoodspod.com and in the pod news section, you'll be able to find a long list of all the guest spots I did with a bunch of great people. And even some episodes of voice acting I did. Ooh, look at me. I know. But yeah, if for some reason you actually desire to hear more of my voice, you have a lot of options. And from that post on the pod's website, you can find links to all the episodes and adventures I've had. And also, it's really nice to support these other great shows and the awesome people who, for some reason, invited me on. On that note, I'm done with the pleas for assistance, so enough procrastinating on the topic. Let's actually, you know start the episode like now no not tomorrow now all right okay let's go but specifically in 2020 i've wanted to make a series of audio essays released in podcast form exploring media and cultural theory through the lens of professional wrestling i have been working on my second fiction novel probably for the past couple years now but the end of last year, the end of 2019, I was really going to jump in hardcore. I was going to do National Novel Writing Month, which is in November, and then I was going to work on it for the remainder of this year that I needed to finish it. That didn't happen. I also wanted to start a YouTube channel this summer to go along with the podcast, and I even filmed my first couple episodes. Then I got frustrated with video editing, and I still do not have a YouTube channel. Unfortunately for me, procrastination is something I know all too well. Uh, heck... I even kind of procrastinated doing this little recording. <laughs> um, but for me this year, something I really, I really procrastinated on was letting auto, auto renewing subscriptions just continue on for things that I wasn't really using anymore. Um, specifically audiobooks, 
some streaming services, things like that. Um, the audiobooks I finally cracked down on and did stop, but I probably did it about six months too late. So at the start of this year, I signed up to run the Sydney Half Marathon. And I got, I got started with my training. I was running 5Ks. I was building up to run further. And then coronavirus hit and everyone was locked down. And while you were still allowed to run in Sydney, I just didn't feel like I didn't feel like getting out of the house anymore. Got too sedentary, sat down, put on a little bit of weight and then just lost all my fitness and the base that I'd been working on, I'd lost. And then from there, I just never got back into running. And I haven't run 5K since, which is a bit of a shame. Um, I'd sit down for an hour and relearn a cultural theory and then link it to professional wrestling and then sort of look at my page of notes and go, oh, nobody cares. Oh, nobody cares. So I guess my procrastination manifested in the form of self-defeating talk. And the one project I didn't get to this year that I procrastinated, just didn't have time to get around to it, is kicking your ass. <laughs> okay. As you can see, procrastination gets the better of so many of us, as you heard there. And thanks to the friends and fellow podcasters who sent over the clips for this episode, both Matt's, Josh, Melissa, and even Billy. Although, I hope that he procrastinates on that ass-kicking just a little bit longer. 2020 has been quite a year. We all know that. But one of those pieces of the year that's really been fascinating to me is that so much of our daily routines got completely tossed on their heads. And then, suddenly, there was this opportunity for so many people. You know, this chance to have some time to ourselves. To go and tackle some of those projects we've always been too busy with life to get around to. Stuck at home all the time, right? So, hey, what better time to finally write that book you've always wanted to? Or take up painting. Start making podcast episodes more often. Or so we thought. Ah, what could have been. So in most episodes of Assorted Goods, now would be the time that I would put together some long-winded opening for the topic, where eventually I would build to the point. But how much introduction do we really need to the idea of procrastination? I mean, just about everyone has experienced it. Some of us are real pros at the art of avoiding doing things. But what gets me about the idea of procrastination is the fact that, well, for one, I feel like I might be a chronic sufferer of the inability to get down to work. Something that, truthfully, has been a problem for me as long as I've been alive. But also, the fact that this is just another one of those things that us human beings do. You know what I mean? Like, we know we have things we need to do or want to get done, even things that we may enjoy. I like doing this show, and completing an episode gives me a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. I love that people actually listen to it, that some even find it valuable. And I love interacting with listeners. It's all great. And yet, I struggle to ever be able to just sit down and get to it. But more than that, not just the tasks or objectives that are short-term or simple, also the ones that are much longer-term, that may advance us towards greater goals in our lives, taking the steps you need to take in order to advance in your career or to ensure that you're healthy for the long term. No matter what it is, it doesn't seem to matter, does it? So often we would still rather put off whatever it is we think we have to do until later, whatever that later may be. But folks, enough is enough. 2020 was a nightmare of a year, and we've all been through a lot lately. So this episode, we're focusing on solving a problem. Hopefully. We're looking inwards. Yeah. 
but I admit, I'm being a tad selfish. I am hoping to crack some of the Rubik's Cube that is my brain. But again, we all experience procrastination to some degree. Remember that quote from the intro a minute ago? Everybody procrastinates, but not everyone's a procrastinator. Yeah, I think we've all got some sort of way we can benefit from learning about this topic. So then where to start? I know I usually like to start with the simple things. So then let's define the problem we've got here. What is procrastination? Sure, we know what it is in its basic principle. We can all describe it if we're asked. It's that thing that keeps us from getting stuff done. But there's, of course, well, more to it. So let's consult an ancient text that people once used to define words. The dictionary. Procrastination is to defer action or delay. Well, geez, that isn't much better now, is it? Okay, how about the modern everything-you-need-to-know source? Wikipedia. Okay, first sentence there is, quote, Procrastination is the action of delaying or postponing something. Again, damn, we know that. Okay, well, luckily Wikipedia goes on. Take that old-school dictionary. But the word procrastinate originates in Latin. Doesn't it always? But it combines the prefix of pro, meaning forward, and crastinus, meaning of tomorrow. Still don't feel any closer to an answer? Jeez, neither do I. But then there is this. Procrastination can be further stated as, quote, a habitual or intentional delay of starting or finishing a task despite knowing it might have negative consequences. Okay, sounds better. But really, we still know all that simple stuff already. And this is just Wikipedia. I mean, look, I can be lazy, but come on, give me a little credit. I can do better than that. Because, well, actually, I went to a much better source to find some answers to what we need to know here this episode. Hi, my name is Dr. Joseph Ferrari from DePaul University. I am a Vincent DePaul Distinguished Professor at the University, Professor of Psychology. I'm also Deacon Joe Ferrari because I'm also a Catholic clergyman called the Deacon. Now, hold on. Full disclosure here from your podcast host. I actually took a shot at asking Dr. Ferrari for an interview because I kept seeing his name come up in all the articles I was reading when I was doing some early research on the topic of procrastination. And seriously, that's the whole reason. I had never heard of Dr. Ferrari before then. I hadn't read his book, which I since have. But one lazy Sunday afternoon while I was trying to figure out something to write about for the show, I was just a dope who sent an email and got a reply really quickly. And this is also after I hadn't gotten any replies to interview requests for a really long time. As it turns out, Dr. Ferrari is exceedingly qualified on the subject of procrastination. His resume is literally well over 100 pages. I've seen the thing. It's amazing. Now, I'm serious when I said I don't know how I scored such a guess. Dr. Ferrari is not just an authority on procrastination. In a lot of ways, he's the authority on the topic of procrastination. Well, there is truth to that. However, um, it's true in terms of the U.S. From, for some odd reason, uh, psychologists, uh, research psychologists in the United States have not embraced this topic. But there are several from Canada. There are a number now from Europe. So it seems to be growing outside the U.S. But you are correct. In the U.S., I'm still the, I'm still the guy. And you should probably know that Dr. Ferrari's expertise spans over three decades. He's written countless papers, spoken at more conferences than you could possibly imagine. He's written books on the subject of procrastination as well. He's highly regarded in this field. 
again, I really could not have found a better guest to talk about this. So, on that note, this is where we need to draw back to the basic question we started with. What is procrastination? And simple definitions aside, what are we misunderstanding about it? What is procrastination? Well, it's not the same as delaying. Procrastination is not the same as waiting. It's not the same as postponing. Um, it's, uh, and, and let us keep in mind that we can talk about procrastination as behavioral or cognitive. That is to say, um, there's the act of not doing something, but even indecision, we call it decisional procrastination, is a form of procrastination. The person who can't decide, do I want A or B or maybe C? You know, so um, there's two routes. There's clearly a growing body and more information on the behavioral procrastination, less on the indecision uh, side of it. That's a real blow for the dictionary, because as we just heard, procrastination is not simply to just delay. This is why an expert on the topic is so important. We're already getting to know far more than just the basics. And really, maybe the people behind the dictionary should have called Dr. Ferrari to get a little extra help. In a 1995 text, along with a few other researchers, they defined the procrastination as, quote, the purposive delay of starting or completing a task to the point of subjective discomfort, end quote. Now that sounds a little bit more on point, and you may be thinking, hey, that kind of sounds like that Wikipedia quote you mentioned just a few minutes ago, and you're right, but I would have to rebuttal. Dr. Ferrari is a trailblazer in the field of researching the topic of procrastination, He's been doing it for a really long time, and he's one of the first people to really get into the subject. So, any similarities between something you read on the internet and something you read from the man himself? Well, remember who's probably biting whose style here. Anyways, I think I made my point on just how ground floor Dr. Ferrari's research is on the topic of procrastination. So, here's more from the man himself. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting topic, and not one that's easily defined because um, there are different definitions. Um, there's the expression of, you know, delay and pray it goes away. Um, delaying is not the same. Waiting is not the same. There's an author who talks about structured procrastination, where he basically says, take your task and organize them in a row and, you know, and do the, the first one first and then the second. That's called prioritizing. Prioritizing is not procrastination. Clearly, if I got a dozen things to do, 10, 11, and 12 got to wait because I'm doing one, two, and three. The real procrastinator does one, maybe two, and then rewrites the list and then shuffles things around and makes another copy of that list. So does other things in working on the next thing. Now, again, tell me if that sounds like you, because I know it feels very familiar to me. Reorganizing feels kind of productive. But again, it's still not actually completing the tasks at hand. I reorganize how I want to approach an episode countless times, even when I'm in the middle of writing them. Now, what about another idea that people often use in order to try to solve their procrastination problem? Some people will claim that procrastination is really poor time management. And all we need to do is teach the chronic procrastinator or the procrastinator to learn how to manage their time. Well. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. What does that mean? You can't adjust the time. Time cannot be managed. You can only manage yourself. Time is time. We have been talking now for several minutes. We can't go back to those, time, those moments 
All right, unless it's a sci-fi movie and probably not a very good one. All right, but most of the time we always move advance. So you can't control the wind, the fates of life. All we can do is adjust how we deal with them. And the Japanese like to say, and if there's no wind, row. So there's always a, a way to do things. Time management does not work. Now, I know that may feel a little disheartening for some people. The idea that we can manage our time better, you know, set aside a few hours a day and really get down to business, seems like a great solution. It's simple, clear, easy to get going with. But this is one of the reasons I loved speaking with Dr. Ferrari and reading his 2010 book on the subject called Still Procrastinating, The No Regrets Guide to Getting It Done, which, by the way, is a great read on the subject. But you may notice throughout this episode, and if you get the book, Still Procrastinating, you absolutely should, but you may notice there as well that Dr. Ferrari isn't going to offer some simple, easy how-to guide on fixing your procrastination problem. Other books on the subject may do just that, but this is someone who knows more than just about anyone on the subject, and his message is that there are solutions, but they aren't easy, and they require you to be much more accountable to yourself and to others, but we'll get to that as we go on here. For now, sorry time management, you're no good here. So then what about a more basic perception about procrastination? Laziness. From the outside, it seems that people are just too lazy to get things done. When I don't get things done, I feel guilt because I feel like I was being lazy. So? Okay, first of all, they're not lazy. Chronic procs, the 20% that I'm interested in, that I spent, the chronic procrastinator works very hard at doing what they shouldn't be doing. So they're not lazy. Oh, these people are, are very much doing other things, all right? They're just doing, not doing what they're, whatever the task is, all right? Good news. We aren't lazy. And that 20% number, well, there's a lot more to that as well. You see, there are some people who this is their maladaptive lifestyle. They'll procrastinate at home, at school, at work, in relationships. They, they will do this. You know, frequently, often, those people make up 20% of the adult population. Now, you might say that's all 20%. Oh, no, no, that's higher than depression, higher than phobia, higher than panic attacks, higher than alcoholism, higher than substance abuse. And yet, those areas are treated seriously. All right. Uh, we think procrastination, oh, the person's lazy. Oh, they, just, they don't know how to manage their time. Ah, it's got nothing to do with that. This is an active avoidance strategy. For 20% of men and women, no significant gender difference. Pretty globally, 20% of women and men are chronic procrastinators. And young and old, there's no age difference. Some people say teenagers do it more. No, you'll find 40-year-olds as procrastinators as their lifestyle. Now, clearly, if you're 85, 80 years old, you might be procrastinating, but that could be some cognitive deficit. You know, that's different. That's not procrastinating. It's even true among urban and rural communities. As I've given my talk um, talks you know, globally and nationally, uh, a lot of my talks were in urban settings. And I wondered for one study, is this some just urban phenomenon? And so no, then when I started going to the farmlands and the more rural areas, I found 20% there too. And it's true of all races, which is also interesting. And Dr. Ferrari's right about that. I mean, of course he's right about that. He knows better than anybody. But that 20% number actually holds up in countries all across the globe. It seems to be a humanity problem. But I just want to harp on this a little bit here. Again, Dr. Ferrari does say that this is a maladaptive lifestyle. 
and it's a chronic problem for one in five people across the globe. It's something that people do, despite the fact that it's obviously causing them trouble in their lives. It could even be harmful. It's almost masochistic in a sense, but I wouldn't say I enjoy how it feels to not get things done, so maybe it doesn't go that far. But he makes an excellent point. Because so many people are able to dismiss the problem of procrastination as simply being lazy, which we now know isn't the actual case, but that perception alone means that it doesn't get the attention it deserves, and thus a problem that, as it turns out, affects a major chunk of the global population, just goes unnoticed, and in a lot of ways, unstudied. Now, I was curious about how certain psychological disorders may play into procrastination, and whether those would be a cause of procrastination, or maybe even a result of it. There are some people that do this as 20% of their lifestyle. For them, it may very well be the causes. For other people who delay a task, you know, I get lots of people who will say, I don't like doing this task. So I ask them, okay, do you find you have problems doing things at work? No. How about relationships? No. Then you're not a procrastinator. All right. Then your procrastinator might be the byproduct, all right, of something else. So your question was, is it one or the other? The answer is yes and yes. Sometimes it's the cause. Sometimes it's the consequence. It depends if you're talking about chronic procrastinators or procrastinating behavior. Uh, let me take a real common example that your listeners may relate to academic procrastination. I always hear students say, yeah, I'm a real procrastinator. I hate reading. Oh, I don't like doing that term paper. Yeah. And then I say, okay, if your bo boss called you, would you be there? For last minute? Oh, yeah. If there's a free keg of beer in the dorm, would you be there? Oh, yeah. If there was a, a chance the rapper was giving a concert for the first 50 people, would you be there? Oh, yeah. Then you're not a procrastinator. You engage in academic procrastination. That one behavior. It could be the cause. It could be the consequence. It depends. And I think that's one of the reasons it's been so hard to be studied because psychologists like things uh, clinicians like things much more clean. And in my 2010 book, Still Procrastinating, I have a chapter where I've looked at how is procrastination related to these things. Just to give you a snippet, um, one thing that people say, and your listeners may not like to hear this, but there's only been one study ever done, and I did it, where people will say procrastination is part of ADHD, attention deficit. Uh, well, no, I found it really wasn't related to that with a regular sample and a clinical sample. The relationship was much weaker than what people generally think. And people, you know, who study or uh, deal with ADHD say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. No, there might be some else. Boredom proneness could be operating. Distractibility. But that's not procrastination. All right. Let's take stock of what we know so far. For one, we know that procrastination is not as simple as just delaying things. We know that it affects a large number of people, either chronically or in a more specific aspect of someone's life. We know that it isn't simply laziness. Woohoo! And we also know that the ways to work through procrastination is not as simple as doing something like organizing or managing time better. But we're getting somewhere. We have a better idea of what we're really dealing with here. It's a complex problem that is widespread. And that's what I wanted. Usually in an episode, I would do a little research and then wrap it all up into a nice little package. I mean, hey, it's a new year. We want to know how to turn things around for ourselves and how to do it quick. But through the process of making this episode, what really impacted me was simply the understanding of the problem. Sure, I mean, who doesn't want a simple solution? I'm human like everyone else. 
The fact is that so much of what Dr. Ferrari talks about sounds like me. And truthfully, he's a very direct and refreshingly honest person. Just a chance to speak with him and read his work has been a bit of an existential trip for me. The point being the same as I mentioned before. As much as I would love to find the solution to all our problems right here, nice and easy, it's not going to be. So as we head to take a quick break and hear a couple of messages from some fellow podcasters with great shows of their own, I want you to remember, this episode, we're learning all we can about procrastination so that we have the understanding we need to just wrap our heads around it all. In the second half of the episode, more with Dr. Joseph Ferrari, and more facing the harsh but fair reality of what being a procrastinator means. Disorder Goods will be right back. Ever wondered about the people walking around right in front of you? Who they are? What they're really doing? The truth might surprise you. I'm Shannon Hull, host of Right in Front of My Face, the podcast talking about big things happening right in front of us. I interview ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Our social media feeds don't give us the real truth, but this podcast does. Find me at rightinfrontofmyface.net and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You never know what's happening right in front of your face. Hi. Welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We'll be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, and missing person cases. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go, like, and leave a review. Now, back to your host of the Assorted Goods Podcast. Welcome back to the show. We're diving into the topic of procrastination with Dr. Joseph Ferrari, an expert on the topic. But before we jump back in, a little preface here, and a story, actually. When Dr. Ferrari and I were working out the details of this interview, we were swapping some emails. Dr. Ferrari had a suggestion for something I could do that may reach a broader audience. And being the procrastinator that I am, I said something along the lines of, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but you know, I don't know much about that stuff, and you know, maybe into the new year, I'll see if I can figure it out. To which, in a reply, Dr. Ferrari pointed out something that has really been rattling around my brain ever since, and I feel like it also sets the tone for the second half. He pointed out that the response I gave is what could be considered a, quote, fraudulent excuse. Now, it sounds almost harsh, but bear with me here. Here's how Dr. Ferrari described what he meant to me. Procrastinators come up with reasons or excuses that seem to make sense on the surface. I mean, they're rooted in logic. For example, if I didn't get something done and I say to you, let's say, you know, hey, 
Uh, sorry, I couldn't get to that. It's been such a crazy week, man. Well, that could very well be true. But also, what does that mean? A crazy week. It could be anything. It could be nothing. And this is the thing. We mentioned in the first half that procrastinating usually involves a person knowing that they are doing something they shouldn't, and yet they simply do it anyway. Or, well, they don't do whatever they should be doing. You get what I mean. And so it begs the question, what's the procrastinator's motivation here? Why make excuses, especially flimsy ones? When Dr. Ferrari pointed out that supposed fraudulent excuse, you know, at first it was a little shocking. I didn't know how to feel. It almost felt hostile, I'll admit, obviously knowing now that that's not the kind of guy I was dealing with. But in reality, after I thought about it, he was absolutely right. So then all I could think after that is, why? If I knew deep down somewhere that I would never get to it, and therefore the other person would be let down, why pretend? Well, here's some of his insight on that. Procrastinators are very... Um social esteem concern. Now, you know what self-esteem is? That's how I feel about myself. Social esteem, in social psychology, we call that is how others feel about me. Okay? So they're, yeah, they're concerned about their self-esteem, but they're really concerned about their social esteem, how others will view them. Now, you might hear that and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, then why are they procrastinating? Because people aren't going to view that as very positive because they would rather other people think they lacked effort, not ability. And lacking effort is not laziness, okay? Lacking of effort versus lacking of ability. Now, let's focus on those two words, effort and ability. Effort means I didn't try. I could have done it. Listen to the product. I could have. If I had more time, this would have been done. I just, see, it's not my fault the lack of time. But if I finish, and it really isn't very good, okay, then I lack ability. And there's nothing you can do about lacking of ability. Sure, I can gain ability. But that, we would say in psychology, we say is a more stable attribute. You either got the ability or you don't. True, you can gain it, but that takes time and training. Okay. So I don't want to show you the image of, I can't do this. I'd rather show you, I didn't have enough time for it. All right. So I lacked effort because lacking of effort implies, well, maybe I could do it. You know, it's much more variable. Um, so in psychology terms, we talk about stable versus unstable. And I'd rather you have this unstable perception of me of lacking of effort. Now, that right there is one of the many things that rings true for me in this episode. And it does sound like me as a podcaster as well, doesn't it? I mean, I could tell you that I'm going to make a ton of episodes, one every week or every two weeks. But then, you know... I'd have to do it. I'd have to actually make them. And then what if the ideas I have aren't any good and the episodes I'd make are no good either? It's actually a bit of a problem and a conflict I've had within myself for a few months now. It's one of the reasons I've struggled to write any episodes. I sit down with an idea, it doesn't feel right, or I get a little into it and then no, it's all wrong. So what do I do? Well, well we were talking about it in the first half of the episode. I reorganize, I re-strategize, lay it all out again. And then what happens? spent all this time and I've gotten nothing done. And then there's no episode. But hey, if there's no episode, then at least somebody doesn't listen to it and go, ah, this guy's no good and, you know, stops listening ever again. So then what is it about procrastinators? What kind of people are we dealing with here? With myself included, I guess. They are more people oriented than they are 
task-oriented. They would rather have great relationships with people, and, and we usually like procs. They're very nice people, okay? But you can't depend on them to get things done. They don't do the task on a timely manner. And they'll always have a reason. Well, yeah, that was my fault. This is why. You know, grandma died again, so I couldn't get that paper in. Okay? Yeah, I, I lost yet another arm, you know, or I lost another tragic event in my life. And you go, oh, okay, great. Because we don't hold people accountable. Now, right there, you understand the concept of what he means by a fraudulent excuse. Maybe on the surface, it makes sense procrastinator tells you why they couldn't get something done and yeah seems to check out but below the surface those excuses can be vague or flimsy it's like a simple lie wrapped in a logical package and most times other folks will just shrug off the procrastinator because they've given a reason but of course there's a problem with that lack of accountability something else though that i experience is a bit of a problem with decisions Sometimes I know I get choice paralysis, again, like when picking a topic for this show, where, in the end, I end up doing nothing because I simply can't decide. Dr. Ferrari sees this in procrastinators, too. Where I am here in the western suburbs of Chicago, uh, the next town, two towns over, there was, I haven't been in a long time, a movie theater with 30 movies. 30 movies! You don't go to that movie theater with an indecisive person. Why? Because they'll stand there and they'll look. And you look at your watch and you say, come on, we got to choose. Well, I don't know. I don't know. And you say, but it's seven o'clock and we're all starting. So there's a brilliant, brilliant move on these people's part. Why? Because you'll choose. You'll say, all right, fine. It's getting late. We're going to go see this one. If the movie is a great one, we leave saying, wow, that was really great. I really enjoyed that. But what if it's a stinker? What if it's a dud? Why did you choose that? You made me waste 12 bucks. My God, that was horrible. So you don't bring them to a good diner where you have those menus that have paid you have to pay. Oh, no, 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 no. Because what will happen? The waitress or waiter will come up and say, what do you want? And what do they say? Oh, I don't know. Ask everybody else and come back to me. I can't. And then the waitress says goodbye and goes to, and now you're waiting another 20 minutes for her to come back or him to come back, right? As opposed to you take them where they only have one or two options. And if you want the variety, I say you bring them to a smorgasbord where they could stand there at the buffet table, go, oh, my God, and you can start eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something that uh, people close to me can probably attest to that I've done plenty of times. And it also does connect back to what we just touched on, that making the wrong decision is seemingly worse for the procrastinator because they don't want to let others down. But does this mean that they simply can't decide on things? It's not that they are unable to make a choice. Some of the experiments that I did was look at, could they make a choice? And the answer was yes. In psychology, we talk about, is the question, is the, is the issue that we're talking about something motivational, motivated, or in this case, because we're talking about indecision, or a cognitive failure. Maybe they don't, as you say, they, have, they don't have the cognitive skill to do that. Or are they choosing not to? Okay, that's the motivation. And what I found was they're choosing. When they had to make the choices in experiments, having to, they can make them, but they're choosing not to. So don't say they lack the ability. That's You're letting them off. Is that turn to biology to say, well, that's just the way they are. You know, I'm, I'm much more positive. I'd rather say, no, you learned to be a procrastinator so you can unlearn it. Now, you can teach old dogs new tricks. Yeah, you might have to use a different bone. And it might take them longer to learn because they're an older dog, but you can teach. That's a much more optimistic view to simply than say, well, that's just the way I am. It's in my genes. 
And there's something reassuring, again, along with the fact that it's not laziness. Procrastination is not simply the way you or I are as people. It's a behavior that we've picked up, which, again, one of the reasons that I really liked this experience with Dr. Ferrari is that right there. No simple gimmicks or techniques or fix-it-now solutions to solve all your problems. There's an understanding that needs to be reached, that procrastinators became this way, and as a result, they can unbecome this way. But you got to know what you're dealing with, and I'm hoping that this episode is helping. But along with the worry of letting others down with the results of actually taking action, look, I was told years ago when seeing a therapist that I had a, quote, fear of success. And Dr. Ferrari's research has suggested that there's something to that for procrastinators. And so I wondered why that was the case. Because if you do well, more is going to be expected of you. And I don't know if I can do more. So if I take that course and I do really well, some faculty member might come to me and say, you should really be in my advanced course on this or that. Why don't you switch majors to this tougher thing? Oh, geez, I don't know if more work. It's harder. I don't know if I'll succeed. My friends will think I'm a, a nerd uh, because I'm doing these kinds of things. Um, so I just not take on that success. Um, and even fear of failure, yep, if I never finish, I can never be judged, as you were saying before. Um, it's just interesting, there is a, psychologists have shown, there's a gender difference in those two. Men usually have the fear of failure and women a fear of success. Truth be told, I'm not 100% sure which of the two I have. Maybe a little column A and a little of column B. But let me draw back to something Dr. Ferrari just mentioned before, and that's accountability. But also, the incentives we build into our society. Dr. Ferrari feels that we too often encourage people to delay, which may be why so many of us learned this maladaptive lifestyle behavior. We have lost something in this culture, our culture, my culture, American culture, maybe Canadian as well. We have lost this old proverb, the early bird gets the worm. Perhaps you've heard that expression. Oh, we've got to take the worm now and cut it up for everybody and make sure everybody gets the same piece. You know, we've got to be fair. All right. You know, we don't reward people for doing things early. My mantra is we need to reward for doing early, not punish for being late. And that's what we do. We punish for being late. You don't pay your credit card on time. You get a late fee. What if I paid my credit card off every time? As soon as the bill comes in, because I'm always afraid I'm going to forget, I pay it that day or the next morning. At the end of the year, do I get a little something? Thank you very much. Here's an extra discover, you know, 2% off. No. But if I'm late, whoo-wee, more mortgages, okay? We paid our 30-year mortgage off significantly earlier because I just didn't want that bill. What did I get? A nice zero. It was literally a Xerox, not even my name on it, copy letter. Thank you for paying it off. It's like, whoa, I sure would have liked a new ceiling fan, you know, or something you could have given me for doing this. How about a, you know, a set of glasses or, I don't know, something that you could have done. No, but if I didn't pay it on time, I could lose my house. We don't give the early bird the worm anymore. So much of our society seems to be misfiring on those incentives. And Dr. Ferrari had a more holiday-specific example for us as well. Now, this is New Year's resolution time we're talking about, right? Okay, let's just go back a little bit to Christmas time, to the holiday season. It's a great example of this process of, of punishing and not rewarding. At least in the States, and I assume maybe in Canada, there's a thing called Black Friday or that, that time, okay, where people, you can get really good deals, right? Yes, 
But if you wait to Christmas Eve, you get a better deal. So of course people are going to wait. People aren't stupid. They wait till the end. And now they're waiting to, as we're entering a new year, give me those after holiday sales. Yeah, now give me the gift card that I can now use now when I can get 80 for 85% off because before I was only getting 50 or 40% off. And if you listen to reporters, they always say the holiday season was okay, but the Christmas rush afterwards really helped because people aren't stupid. I say, let's reverse this. We get those 80% off Black Friday. And then it gets less and less and less till you get to Christmas where there's a 25% surcharge. You waited? Okay. Now, people laugh at this and they, oh, but think about it. Retailers get their money six weeks earlier because this is a big time for companies. You can always restock as you run out. Um, there isn't a last minute rush. But the thing is, though, will any incentive help the one in five people who chronically procrastinate? The 20% procrastinators? None of this is going to work. They'll have their reasons. Nice. I, in my book, I call it the but however, the excuse making chapter. I was going to do that, but. That's a great idea, Ferrari. However, in my case, it can't work. Blah, 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 blah. You know, oh, that's really nice. But for me, hey, that could work. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I always have the reason. Um, but I'm saying maybe we could pick up the 80%. You know, maybe February, you can't really for us do it in January because you're still getting your tax equipment. All right, but if you can file and you owe money uh, uh, and you pay it on February 15th, take 5% off what you owe person saves money, the government gets it earlier. March 15th, 3%. April 15th, you pay it all off. So for chronic procrastinators, it's excuses, excuses. Well, not totally. Dr. Ferrari does actually have an approach for the chronic procrastinators, but we're going to get back to that shortly. I also had a question for Dr. Ferrari because I was hung up on this idea that procrastination was rooted in some form of selfishness, but that wasn't totally accurate, as he explains here. Is it selfishness? Yeah, my answer would be, yeah, there's a self-consciousness, self-awareness, self-handicapping, self self-defeating, self-regulation, a lot of self in there. Um, is it a question of focusing only on me? Ah, different question. Okay, yes. Procrastinating is a very concerned about me. I don't like it. I don't find it enjoyable. I can't do it. Life is not about me. Life is about we. And this is what people forget. You know, life is not about what I like or don't like. It's what I do that impacts on other people. There's that expression, you want something done, give it to a busy person. Why? They're busy. Because the busy person respects your time. Knows it ain't about me. Respects their time. I'm going to take care of your needs. So I'm going to do what's best for you. If I don't do what I have to do, then you can't do what you're doing. If I didn't make time for this today, you couldn't do your recording, which couldn't let you do the next step, which couldn't let you do anything. So it's not about me. And he really couldn't be more right about that. Awareness, accountability, and understanding that there's more to the current situation than just you, or than just me, really. Who am I kidding here? This is one of the parts of this whole experience that has really stuck with me. Reframing the problem. Turning the lens not just on ourselves to understand the issue, but to also turn it outwards to understand how it can affect other people. But Dr. Ferrari has another message, because sometimes there's a fear of failure, sure, but also 
there's this idea that we've got to be perfect in the things that we do. Is it all about somebody else? And if we're truly going to be human beings that are social animals, which I believe, if we really do care about other people, um, then, then, then show it. And this is a simple way to do it. Do it. Now, am I saying be rigid? And no, no, we have to be flexible. Look, when I give my talks, I often say to people, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. In fact, you're going to fail. I guarantee it. All right. No, but people think I got to be perfect. I got to reach 100%. No. Clinicians talk about the 80% rule. If you reach 80% of your goal, that's to be celebrated. That's great. All right. Now, they didn't say 100%, nor did they say 50%, because that's mediocrity. You do most of it, that's very good. And there was actually a study that came out where scientists have shown that we need. 15% of our life to be failure, to be adjusted. Now think about that. In other words, to succeed 85% of the time makes you a well-adjusted, a healthy, psychologically healthy person. 85, I, I didn't say 100, I didn't say 99, right? I'm saying most of the time, because you need some failure. As a, and as a clergyman, uh, th there's a metaphor we use. We all want sunny days. We all want the sun to shine and it to be bright and not to have any problems. Yeah, well, if you get nothing but sunny days, you get a desert. We need some rain. You need rain to make things grow. All right? So we need failure. All right? Native Americans got it right. They said the problem with the white man is he wants clear water to walk through. No, says the Native Americans. I want muddy water. I muddy water because with muddy water, I put more energy and it's harder and it builds my strength. Clear water is easy. See, we all now you want to call it laziness? No, I just say people don't want to put enough effort into things, they want what's easier for them. Uh, we say in, in psychology, they're cognitive misers, so they use stereotyping. It's easy just to call all those people that thing, it's easy just to label that because I don't have to put the effort into understanding oh, this is a person. This is different than, than the other people, you know? So we're cognitive misers, cheap. You know, we, we don't want to put the energy in. Doesn't mean we're lazy. Doesn't mean we're bad. It's just the way we function. And that for me was Dr. Ferrari bringing it all home. Again, no easy way out of all this. And no easy way to make real concrete change. We need to understand the problem and our own role and accountability in it all. We may learn to procrastinate, but we need to reframe how we view the problem within ourselves and begin to change it. Accepting life's difficulties, understanding that failure is part of life and really is part of growth. So do we feel like we understand the problem a bit better? I hope so. I mean, come on, folks. I've got a leading expert here. So what about solutions? Well, speaking only for myself here, but learning about the problem... And learning how it works is helping me identify it more within myself in sort of a self-accountability sort of way. I'm learning to identify what my excuses sound like now. I notice them when they're brewing in my crazy brain or when I'm actually making them. And as a result, I'm becoming more aware of when my actions are affecting somebody else. For people in that 20% group of chronic procrastinators, though, Dr. Ferrari recommends therapy. Specifically, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT, which, if it sounds scary, 
is really just a form of psychotherapy where you learn to identify negative thinking and use more solution-oriented techniques to sort through the problems, something that I've actually done a bit of in the past. And actually, I found it really useful. Not to be dramatic here, but the process of making this episode has had a bit of that effect on me too. Like I said, I more clearly understand the way my brain reacts to certain things, the way procrastination is affecting me, including the pathways of thought that lead me to procrastinate. And if I did an alright job this episode, then I would hope that you as the listener have benefited from some of that too. But hey, since it's New Year's, I asked Dr. Ferrari about this time of year where everyone is convinced they are going to change their ways. Now we've entered a new year. And I'm going to ask you as a psychologist to make a list and change totally. No, no, no. You're not going to do that. Because comes March or April, that list will be forgotten in your year. That's why I like a half a year, a June list. You know, what did you do? Um, resolution simply means renewal and doing something different. So you got to start small. We call them baby steps. Take a baby step. What little thing? No, you're not going to lose 40 pounds in a month. But you could lose four pounds, five pounds. You know, No, you're not going to go from three packs of cigarettes down to two a day. No, but you could get it down to one pack. You know, you got to start the 85% rule. All right. Meet, meet, think realistic, think behavioral, right? What are the behaviors I have to do? Not that I'm just going to stop thinking that way. No, you can't just, that's not going to be enough. You need something. Bring in social media. I mean, this is a podcast. You guys love social media. So publicly post. This is a 1960s strategy that would say, Post what you want to do. We used to say outside your door or some door, so people would see this and come by. Well, now with social media, put it on Facebook. I plan to do this, and I want my friends in three weeks to contact me again. Because now, because they're so concerned about what others think about them, they're more likely to maybe to do some of those kinds of steps. And now your friends should also reward you. Great. I know you listed seven things and you only got three done, but Yahoo, you got those three done. No, you're not going to go through all the boxes that you have. Man, if you can get through three out of the 60, that's the, that's a start. Because what's that commercial? A body in motion stays in motion. That kind of, once you start, there's a law of physics, you, you, um, you, you know, start moving. You can't just stop a train. So for a resolution, make your resolution as re um, realistic and you know, remember, you're going to fail and you get up again. The problem with things like diets and so people say, I'm going to lose weight, going to lose weight. Then they let at the last minute, well, I'll have that jelly donut. And then they eat the whole box and they say, see, I'm no good. No, you made a mistake. Your legs gave out, you fell. Now, you're going to get up and do it again. I don't know if there's a better message we can take away from this episode than that right there. We're going to fail, but we can always try again because we have it in us. And really, it is up to us. Fixing a procrastination problem starts with yourself, with myself. A tough answer, I know, but one that is rooted in some serious truth. So here's to that truth leading us to doing better this year and every year going forward. I wanna say a massive thank you to Dr. Joseph Ferrari. His excellent book on the subject is called Still Procrastinating, The No Regrets Guide to Getting It Done, it's a great book. It's filled with a lot more hard-hitting wisdom from a guy who knows more about this subject than just about anyone on earth. So don't procrastinate. Go out and get the book. I'm telling you, it's a great read. I really genuinely mean that. 
Dr. Ferrari also posts some of his writing regularly to the website Psychology Today, where he shares more of his wisdom on the topic of procrastination and much more. Please give those articles a look as well. I'll be posting them periodically around the time this episode drops. Dr. Ferrari's work also extends far beyond just the topic of procrastination, of course, but I'm eternally grateful that he was willing to lend himself to assorted goods for a moment in time to help myself and hopefully the listeners figure out a problem that gets too little attention. And finally, thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts on the episode, you can send me a note at the pod's email, talkbox at assortedgoodspod.com, or you can use the contact page on assortedgoodspod.com. You can also find the show on Twitter, at assortedgoodsbc, or Instagram, at assortedgoodspod, where you can keep up with the show and myself as well. And if you like the show, simply tell a friend about it. Or if you're really generous, leave it a rating review on whatever app you choose to listen. Thanks again. It's been nice to have you drop by. Happy New Year. Here's to another year of the podcast and all the prosperity in the world for you and me both. Hope you're safe and well and ready to tackle every bit of that to-do list you've got. Until next time here on Assorted Goods. is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness.